Hello and welcome to Season 5 and Episode 4 of The Three Amigos. I'm your host, Mars, and I'm joined by my amigo, PJ. Our amiga, Kylie, has taken the night off tonight. Um, we wish her a speedy recovery. Nothing serious, but she just needed a break. And But instead, we've ha- we have the one and only Lynn, who stepped in to help us. Lynn, how are you? I am very good, thank you. At least I am now. I've got my fingers full of glue because I've been doing IKEA furniture and had a bit of a meltdown and bashed some things, but I have now glued it together, so I'm very happy. How, well done, uh, you should be proud. How full of glue are your hands whilst we're on a podcast that, you know, obviously uses electronic <laughs> equipment? <laughs> well, I, I think I've managed to pick most of it off, but there's still some there. Do you think there's a danger you might stick to the transfer button and uh, just just take a minus 36? More of that later. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not, <laughs> but who knows? Uh, PJ, how are, how are you doing? I'm you okay, okay, thanks. I'm okay, thanks. I'm uh, enjoying both the um, uh, a kind of mini Twitter break and obviously the kind of international break um, uh, and starting to have my attention turned back to fantasy football again as of yesterday night. So, um, yeah, good time to record the pod and take it from there. Good, good, good. Well, quick summary of the last game week, obviously, before the international break. Uh, as we usually do, we'll go through the scores. I uh, don't know why I invited Lynn, because I would have been number one again. But um, Lynn had a cracking uh, week, game week with 65 points, so great. Um, I was in second with 57 points. And PJ, you were my head-to-head opponent in the Shishan Chill League, and I beat you by two points, so you're on 55 points. So not the worst of weeks for everybody. Uh, but, um, yeah, we're not going to go through the teams because it was a while back. We'll probably forget who who we've got. Uh, but uh, PJ, enough about us. Tell us about the real players in, in FPL, about the Three Amigos uh, Classic League. Yeah, the top five of uh, Three Amigos FPL Classic League are currently Placeholder FC, managed by Kirian McCauley, um, FPL Ukraine by Maxim Malinovsky, number three, the Nearly Man, Ger Newman, number two, Green Eggs and Sam, managed by at Big Sam underscore FPL Greenheart. See what he's gone for there. And number one with a whopping 279 points, 69 dudes more points than me, is Desmond Brady with Iglustan Wanderers. Well done so far. Desmond. Desmond. Love, love Desmond's name. These were easy. You had you had like an easy ride this week. Not, I, not... I was pleased. I was pleased. I, I like to think that well, one day we can just do a section <laughs> and nobody mention my pronunciation. So that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you, you've, you, you know, you rode the Ukraine one. That, that was that was quite impressive. Yeah, remember that uh, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, this part of the pod, uh, usually I'll do my rant. And I actually need it because I was really, really angry. I think it's, um, look, love the Twitter community, uh, the, the good of it. The, there's some bad. And for, for people to make a pod uh, lies just to get listeners and numbers about some fictional group that they believe exists and then actually to be hypocritical enough to be the ones talking about people in their group is bad enough but we can take it but when when they sit there most of them are they well have mothers sisters daughters probably wives although i'm not really sure by the state of them and i discuss one of our friends as 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 a as an a subject rather than a person as an object rather than a person and the way they were talking and the messages that I saw were absolutely disgusting and no place for it, either on Twitter or, or anywhere else. So they are pathetic, uh, sad, and really just shown uh, what kind of humans they are, to be honest. And, and that's really all I have to say about it. We don't really have time for them. They have no space in the Twitter community. They can all piss off. Mars out. Thanks for that, Mars. As acerbic as ever. Right, let's get into the real stuff now. We've got a new toy in town. Toy boy for some, toy for others, with regards to FPO. So there's a lot of discussion about this guy called Ronaldo. Don't really know much about him. Uh, but uh, anyway, Lynn is thinking just about Ronaldo now, but in football terms. <laughs> is, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, to be honest, you know, when he scored that winner against, uh, I don't know, even know, know who it was against, and he flew and he took his top off. I was like, God damn. Like, seriously, be bad at something. <laughs> it was against um, Ireland. How can you not know it was against Ireland? That's why Kylie's I for, not I here tonight. She's, was still, a, she's I, still mourning. 
<laughs> I forgot who it was who it was against. But anyway, um, is Ronaldo a must regardless? So we've seen some people that were uh, activating wildcards, and we'll discuss wildcards later. We've seen people prepared to take minus four, minus eight. Some people have hold their free transfer. Is he a must or is he a luxury? What do you think? I think he is a must, uh, not only because of his potential FPL output, but also I just wish we could make fantasy football fun again. And we need to have fun players. We need to have Ronaldo is back in Premier League. Let's get him in. Let's captain him. He's playing Newcastle. We need to do this. So I think I think the opponents. So the opponents play a big a big part. I think uh, you know, with, with all respect to Newcastle, they they have not had the best <laughs> defense so far to start with. And him being at home, there's this romantic thing about it. It's a shame that for some United fans and for all of us, actually, that it's a three o'clock kickoff. But um, like, so yeah, for for me, like I. I kept four and a half million in the bank because I was going to always bring either him or Lukaku. And I still haven't made my mind up, to be honest. I need to hear more from Ole and hear more about Lukaku. But I, I agree with you that I, I feel that in him being him, Ronaldo being Ronaldo is probably the best fantasy asset you can have because he's so selfish and it's all about him. Um, and the, the opponents and the run of fixtures. But PJ, from a footballing point of view, do you think Ronaldo's ready to walk into that team, no matter what player they are? Do you think he's ready to walk into that team uh, and start? You know, I've, I've heard a lot and we've seen a lot about how uh, he's not the, the winger anymore. He's a forward. He's a, he's a number nine. You need to cross into him. I've heard people saying Greenwood will suffer. Rashford will suffer. Sancho's a good crosser. Shaw will get points. What, from a United fan and from a football fan point of view, do you think Ronaldo will walk into that team or do you think he needs time? And United, do they need time to adjust to him as well? I think I think there's two questions there, one around Ronaldo and one on how that impacts everyone else. I, I think to answer the Ronaldo question first, um, yes, he walks straight into that team and yes, he walks straight into the number nine. Let me just read you out uh, Solskjaer's comments on Ronaldo. At any club with top forwards, he would still bench one of them. It is impossible to bench or sub him. He is supreme. Even the stands would make noise if he is not in a team sheet, except when he is injured or suspended. Other forwards of his club must fight for other slots to partner with him, instead of wasting time trying to fight to bench him. I don't think he has ever been benched, during his, even during his academy days, other than through injury or suspension. He is incredible. Uh, so Ole Sol- are, these, are, these real, are these real words? I mean, I didn't hear him say it, but it's been quoted by quite a few sources oh my now. So God. This is just what I needed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that to me, unless it's a, a very successful ruse, um, that he's, he, he is not getting out of that team unless, unless he's injured or suspended. I'm sure he'll, he won't play in the odd you know, League Cup or FA Cup or dead rubber. But ultimately, for the league and for the Champions League games that matter, Ronaldo is, is going to be starting. So... That's enough for me to make the decision of, 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 you know, do I do I need to kind of, you know, change my team to kind of fit around him? How successful he'll be and what the impact he'll have on other players is, is a much more difficult question to answer. He's obviously, I don't think you can bear any comparison with his form when he started at Manchester United with now. We've just got to look more recently. I think we've got to look at how he performed at Juventus, how he continues to perform for Portugal. And he's still a fucking beast. He's still a force of nature. Um, he is. You know, he, he, he wants the ball. He craves the ball. He's very single-minded. Um, I, I, I think he's 0.5 overpriced, personally. And the reason I say that is because he doesn't get a lot of assists these days because he's very single-minded. And I think as a forward to justify a 12.5 million price tag he is going to have to score in the mid 20s easily so you know i'm not interested in saying you know let's say whether he will or will that, that that's what he's he's going to have to score 25 goals i think to even come close to justifying that price tag so that's yeah. uh, you know that's what i think you need to consider when you're ripping up your team around him um he's not going to get the assists that salah or kane or fernandez got on the way to their returns last season so, so that's that's a big question with Ronaldo. How it will affect others is it's going to be very difficult. It might it might raise the likes of kind of Greenwood to higher levels. Um, Greenwood is someone who we know again doesn't really create a lot. He he likes to cut inside and shoot. I can't see Greenwood because it's so it's so kind of 
it's so Greenwood's nature to do that. I can't see Greenwood suddenly stopping and thinking, fuck, I've got a pass to Ronaldo. I just can't see that from his type of player. I'd be very surprised. So my gut feeling is that it won't at first initially affect Greenwood too much. I think Greenwood and Ronaldo are the two standout assets uh, as an FBL player in this kind of United team going into the kind of next run of games. Sancho looks a little bit off the pace. He's carrying a bit of a niggle. Yeah, obviously, Rashford's coming back as well. Pogba's going to be playing deeper again. Fernandez is a massive unknown. Obviously, lots of people own Fernandez. He's still owned by almost half this the players This is the one, the game. yeah. Um, you know, he, he, he likely isn't going to score as many goals because Ronaldo is going to take up that space which Fernandez likes to run into. But... You know, Fernandez had like one of the best chance creations in the whole league last season. And, you know, Rashford, likes of Rashford and Martial fluffed chance after chance that he created. So we could see him turn into a KDB-like figure of someone who gets 20 to 25 assists and maybe kind of like seven or eight goals, which could, because of the extra points for midfielders and the extra kind of clean sheets and stuff, could justify his price tag in another way. So I think I think I think that's that's very difficult. And my final point on this is which is the point as I want to use to kind of encompass both Bruno and Ronaldo but but generally in terms of looking at Man United from an FBL asset perspective in order to justify those prices particularly Ronaldo's Ronaldo is either going to have to be incredibly talismanic for Man United i.e. he's going to have to be involved in basically 40 to 50 percent of all their goals in order for him to justify that price or Manchester United are going to have to score a shed load more goals than they did last season because, you know, that is 24.5 million in the kind of number 10 and in the number nine role. Man United players have not been priced at that level for a decade. You know, it is a long time since the likes of Rooney and Van Persie were in those price tags, tearing it up with 2025 goal seasons. So that is a, that is a lot of pressure. Um, whether you take the plunge now or wait to see, I think I think that's just something that I would want to put in everyone's minds before they're making that decision. No, and that's fair. But I mean, so go, going back to the Fernandez one, because as you said, most people, have, uh, he's gone from down from 55 to 48%, which is still a high number, by the way. Lynn, would a lot of people are taking Fernandez out to bring Ronaldo in. Is that something you're doing? Is that something that you would advocate now? Or we've seen it hurt people before. I mean, New, Bruno versus Newcastle, he could still return. Yeah, I definitely think Bruno can return. But I also feel that Everything will go through Ronaldo now, so that's why I think he's the better option. Because we don't know who's going to provide the assists to his goals. Who's it going to be? We don't know yet. It could be Greenwood, I doubt it, but it could be. Uh, Sancho, it could be Bruno, Pogba, who knows. So I see Ronaldo as the main man, and that's the one we've got to get. And there will what, are you doing to bring, what are you doing to bring him in? Minus four, free transfers, or are you wildcarding? It will be a minus four. Bruno is going out for Torres and uh, Ings is turning into Ronaldo. Yeah, Ings seems to be the one that oh, that makes sense. Ings, you know, he's he's done okay for the first three fixtures. Not amazing like Antonio, for example, or a similar price range or not even like that uh, Dominic Cavalier at exactly the same price range. And obviously other people might have Wilson who it seems that he might be injured uh, longer term. Obviously, we don't know about Cavalier yet. Um Last point on on this uh, PJ before we move on. Some people are considering him as uh, you know mainstay, uh, you know uh, set and forget. But others are looking at short term. So for the next three fixtures, you know you've got Newcastle at home, West Ham away, Villa at home, and then the, the harder fixtures if you like the fixture turn to to then is that is that something that you'd think um, you'd advise? Do you think people can jump on that because of the fixtures? Are they too scared to wait because of those good fixtures? So that's that's what my mind. My mind is like these fixtures are too good for me to wait. Or do you think Ronaldo is fixture proof? Well, he, well, he's certainly fixture proof. Um, I think all the big premium assets are ultimately fixture proof. I think that's what makes it such a interesting season now that we have so many of these premium players. The the uh, kind of the more mid-range players generally aren't fixture-proof. We'll come on to that discussion a little bit later because um, I think it's really interesting, the debate about kind of form v fixtures in that bracket. But these these big players can score and return in 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 any games. But it's so it comes down more to kind of captaincy. So when I would look at... Most people are going to have two or three premium assets now. They're going to have... They're going to have two or three of Salah, Fernandez, Ronaldo, Kane... And um, and Lukaku. So 
I would look at the captaincy. If you're not, if you're if you're holding a player for a three or four stretch run on that price bracket, who you're never going to captain in that period, I would say, okay, should I swap them for a player? I probably would captain. So, I think I think the fact that Salah has three really nice fixtures next makes it easier for people who don't want to maybe take the risk and want to wait and see to say, okay, I'm going to get Salah. I'm going to cover Man United with Greenwood. Um, and maybe Shaw, who might pick up a few more assists. And I'm going to capture the Salah the next three fixtures anyway. So, you know, it's it, it, it's just it's just fantastic. It's, it's fascinating, really, because if Ronaldo then... Ronaldo is not really going to be owned by probably, I'd guess, 20%, by, by more than 20%. He'll probably be at 20% ownership for the Newcastle. If he scores a brace in that goal, of that game, or, or even more, um, the clamour to, to get on him will be absolutely enormous. So, And I think people's hands will be forced. It will be, it's, it will be a very brave person who resists Ronaldo in game week five if, if he goes big against Newcastle. But... I do think you can probably survive this week. His ownership is not going to be very high. Fernandez is going to be owned by much more. So realistically, I understand exactly what Lynn's doing with her move, but Fernandez is going to hurt Lynn's rank much more than Ronaldo during that game. Now, you could say that the other way around. Obviously, Lynn wants to rise at the table. She sees Ronaldo as a fantastic differential. When this might be the only game where Ronaldo will actually be a genuine differential this season. So I, I don't want to make people's decisions for you. I just think it's a fantastic, you know, kind of quandary that managers kind of now have um, around this match and around the kind of captaincy. So, yeah, um, I think look at the information and, and just ultimately, ultimately kind of go with your gut. Yeah, well, it's a nice segue because the breaking it down, we've talked about Ronaldo. Now, the thing is with Ronaldo, you just mentioned that we have so many premiums. I mean, you mentioned Kane, uh, Lukaku, Salah. Uh, you could even add Son. Fernandez, um, even Havertz, if you want, from the, you know that that price bracket. How many premiums can one have? So, uh, and, you know, a, a lot of people, for example, are you know those who don't want to to break the structure of their team or or go premium heavy are debating between Ronaldo, who's facing Newcastle, or Lukaku, if fit, who's facing Martinez, Les Villa, and it, you know it's a tough one. Now, so PJ, I'll come back to you. How many? Pre- you said you said two or three. Is that is that what you, do you think two or do you think three is too much premiums? Um, I, I think it just depends. It depends what you want. I, I'm flirting between the two at the moment. I'm uh, I'm on a wild card, and I'm definitely having Salah obviously as one, I'm, and I'm having Trent Alexander Arnold, and Trent is actually what makes it difficult because he's he's a lot of money at the at the back, and if you have Trent, Salah, Lukaku, and Ronaldo, which I've played around with. What that basically does is price you out of the entire kind of seven to kind of eight and a half million bracket. So there's no Antonio, there's no Dominic Cowett-Lewin, there's no Danny Ings. Subsequently, there's no kind of Grealish, there's no Mares, there's no Son. There's no one in that bracket whatsoever. You are putting all your eggs in three premium baskets and saying those players are going to outscore the kind of more flexible kind of mid-range. Now, there are a lot of players in that kind of six million bracket who started quite well, have posted good underlying numbers like Sara Traore, or have actually started well like the likes of Gray and Ben Rama. Um, so there are options there, but the difference of dropping one of those two in Lukaku and Ronaldo is that you can suddenly you have suddenly have four million more where you can upgrade three of those kind of players to a Calvert Lewin, to an Antonio. Um, Dropping Trent is the other option. Then it makes it quite easy. You can easily have three premiums. You can easily have Salah, Lukaku and Ronaldo. You can have a very good attack with basically a dog shit defence, if that's the route you want to go down. Personally, there is no way that Trent Alexander-Arnold was leaving my team. I, I still think he is the most pound-for-pound pound best asset in the entire game. Um, you know, he's a defender who plays essentially as a right forward for Liverpool and is on all set pieces. Um, there is no way that guy is leaving my team. But people are using him as an enabler to get Lukaku and Ronaldo. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, fair mm. play to him, but, but but there's no way for me. So I, I think it has to be between, yeah, it's it's that it's that way of doing it. And it depends what you want. If you love your premiums, you want to go cheap at the back or fill it with full with five or six million forwards and take a punt, be my guess. But definitely a yeah. much more balanced team is Trent, and then one of Ronaldo and Lukaku, 
and that is what makes it difficult particularly this week because like you say Lukaku has you know arguably an even better fixture than Ronaldo because Villa probably more settled yeah yeah if if obviously there's news coming out that he's He's got this slight issue. He said yeah. it's, a, it's an issue that I've had for a while. Of international I'm have... bullshit, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Well, he's what, do, he doesn't need it because he's he's actually suspended for the next game. Yeah, so he was he, back. He is, but it kind of read more as a like a as a like is in a way that like a child says when he gets eliminated from like touch and he's like oh, I won't bother anyway. You know, I was <laughs> I, I, you know I was, I was I wanted to sit down. I was a bit tired. It just you know we'll see we'll uh, see what Tuchel says. It, so. It's interesting actually. It's interesting because. You, you look at Lukaku, and if he didn't have that Villa fixture, after that, he's got Spurs and City. Now, I know we say that some of these premiums are fixtures proofs, absolutely. But we saw how well Liverpool handled Lukaku, be it with Chelsea having a man down, so they had to change their style. But still, now, Spurs have started really well. But actually, if you look at their stats, I think they are in the bottom five of shots conceded, but actually have kept three clean sheets, which is ridiculous then you've got City so you think okay if if look at, if you overlook this game he's playing supposedly two of the best defense on paper is he one that you can overlook so Lin if what, what do you think two three premiums do you think Lukaku and Ronaldo rotate or for you is Ronaldo a mainstay he's not going anywhere I definitely don't think Ronaldo is a keeper for the full season um he is notoriously good against I don't know, bottom teams, worst teams, that's where he gets his holes. Yeah, he's definitely that's, a flat That's bully. what you want. You want a good captain. You want a good captain material. Mm. And you get that with him against the less good teams, <laughs> to put it that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will be playing the pictures and the premiums, and I will be yep. probably just rotating two of them, because I've seen some of the wildcard teams, and people are sitting there with two poor 4.0 defenders, and that's just madness. Don't do that. Yeah, I think if, if, when you look at both Ronaldo and Lukaku, historically they both deliver a lot more versus the bottom teams or the lower teams. You always get—I mean, lately the the top six or whoever that you know the, the the top teams, the games are more tactic tactical. Um, you 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 could have uh, you know these guys are winners, so you could have them scoring or the winning goal or like Salah did a penalty. But you can probably survive. Uh, if you don't have them when they have their tough runs. The reason I say that is because I've seen graphics going around Twitter. Everybody's seen it. Where you start with Ronaldo, uh, game week seven, you swap to Lukaku when Chelsea's fixtures just become ridiculously good up until I think 14 where you can go to Kane and then from 17 or something like that, you go back to Ronaldo. You can have, I don't have the exact... I, I can see that working because then you... you so Salah is your is your main other premium that stays or one of the... Uh, three if you have three premiums and you can actually rotate with the forwards because then you can have much better team and then jump on those uh, you know any bandwagons that come or the mid the mid price players that we've just talked about you know we haven't even talked about Jota Tor- uh, you mentioned Torres Lim there, there's there's plenty of uh, and obviously Calvert-Lewin is having a good season so far Antonio shouldn't be leaving anybody's team there's Ben Rahma so there's different players so I can see why people would look uh, I do believe you might start with three premiums and then suddenly realise that. I, I know I will have that because at the moment, for me, it's a direct change from Ings to Ronaldo with Fernandes and Salah staying there. One game week and then I'll move Fernandes. On, or if I see, we'll see what's happening, but most likely it will be Fernandes that goes. And then um, in, in seven, I'll probably switch Ronaldo with Lukaku. And see, and, and th- that, that's my plan because with, with, with the three of them, my defence is pretty rubbish, as you guys mentioned. Right, so we pretty much touched on touch on it but like wildcard is on everybody's mind so we've just talked about the kind of premiums that we have uh, our minds on and some fillers but do we think it's wildcard time so we have um, a question from uh, Caden um, Kaisi at KC underscore 485 great to see you guys back thank you just a small question to wildcard or not to wildcard I know it's an ambiguous one but it would be good to hear when you are looking to, to do it for your own teams this this a lot of it's, it's it's the main discussion that has happened over the international break. So a lot of people were thinking to start off, not maybe the majority, whatever people you talk to, were looking at game week seven. Some people said, "I'll set my team up for for three and I'll um, wildcard over the international break." Now what we've seen. So what's happened is actually if you were on the lucky side of the draw and you had the Antonio or the Ben Rahma or a Greenwood. You've done really well with the other standard guys. So the, the template has, has delivered so far. 
which makes people think, do I need to wild card? Should I wild card a good team just for one player? Should I change my tactics? We've seen this burn people. I mean, our friend, good friend of the show and on the who got the assist, Stag, wild carded last week into a 28-pointer, I believe. His team before, or if had he kept his team, probably would have scored double that. So it's obviously something that still weighing on some people's mind. I, would, I said I would only wildcard if I was forced into it through injuries. PJ, what do you think? Is it wildcard time? Is it right to wildcard or not to wildcard yet? What, what do you think? Well, there's no right you know, you know why I'm, co- you know why I'm coming to you. <laughs> um, uh, yes, and um, yeah, I suppose just I should be clear to, to our listeners that I am on a wildcard and this was, this was not intentional. It was activated in a real schoolboy era so. that sums up the Apparently ineptitude. So. Well, why would I? Why would I activate a wild card on a on a Sunday night, a week into an international break, when I'd lost value on like three of my players already? Uh, it was an absolute shit show. I wanted to see. Um, I was playing around with some transfers, and I wanted to see like them kind of side by side. And long story short, I thought I was on the screen before you do that. So I kind of pressed the button to kind of go to that screen. But obviously, that button was actually the confirmed button. Um, and I was staring down a barrel of a minus 36. Um, and at that point, I was like, oh, fuck. Well, I suppose that makes my decision for me. And I pulled out the wild card. So um, here I am. Um, I'm just going to own it. And I think because of the way that it's happened, I'm going to probably play kind of quite aggressive and I'm going to deviate as far away from the current um, kind of template as, as possible and uh, I'm not saying anyone you you I, I deviating know, I know. never so, and I'm not saying that anyone who plays their wild card now should but if you are going to play your wild card now I would ask what is the point if you are only ultimately changing three or four players from that template if you are keeping you know those players who've performed kind of well kind of so far in kind of West Ham in you know Everton if you're keeping you know Salah Trent Sanchez in goal um you know if you're keeping Antonio Benarama um maybe uh you know if you had Torres kind of early on Greenwood Jota if you've got all those and you're flying what why why on earth would you be wildcarding now um unless you want to go down a really kind of super aggressive super differential route and say um okay I'm going to move off those players because I think a new breed of players are going to be the ones that score most over the next few weeks. A wild card is not for one week, which is, I'm sure, something Stag will be telling himself over and over at the moment after that absolute disaster that he had. Um, this is going to be a very interesting game week, as we've already said, because there'll be a large part of the community that wild cards, and those players will have Ronaldo's, will have Lukaku's, they will have very different players to the teams which kind of hold and wait and see. And it will be interesting to see which comes out top. It might even itself out. There's no reason why Ronaldo can't score two, why Ronaldo can't get two returns and, you know, Fernandez can't get two returns. But Antonio can get a couple of returns and people who might take a punt on Jimenez also get two returns. And it all evens out. But if it does go one way or another, yeah. it's going to be very interesting. Um, and what I think you'll find is if the wildcarders do come out on top, if Ronaldo and Lukaku tear it up this week in expensively lesser-owned premiums, or the more-owned premiums, I should say, uh, I think that may force a lot of kind of panic kind of button stages. And it will be interesting to see if if you if those people kind of hold. If your strategy is to wait to wildcard, uh, wait to wildcard in week seven or eight, and you've got a very good team and you started well, I think I would say, look, stick stick to that strategy you, you you kept that strategy for a reason there is a massive fixture shift after the next international break um you know in, in around game week seven or eight depending on the team's huge you know so if, if you're not going to wild card this week i don't think you really got that much to lose then playing your wild card you know or, or rather like you know kind of chickening out and kind of doing it in week five or six just then wait stick with a plan uh, and we'll see but it's it's very different if one group of players have an 80 point week and another group of players have 30 weeks 30 points yeah however, well so, so i've seen a lot of teams a lot of teams that have lukaku and ronaldo with like jota and torres alongside salah yeah yeah i've seen that i i i get that i get that i mean you have you have uh, how many five attackers there five forwards basically playing in, in instead of in instead of, and and they have antonio alongside lukaku and ronaldo 
So that's six strikers in three striker slots. That's not bad. Three of them are out of position players. Uh, fantastic. Obviously, that's if Firmino still injured and Jota continues. I mean, he will, he will, he will pro- he most likely start the next game. And even when he comes on, he can score. You need Torres to continue his, his form. And there's no reason why not. I think Jesus prefers the right. And I think Torres is made for that. You know, at the moment, that number nine is his unless uh, Pep comes and Pep, Pep st- things up and changes things. But you're relying on these guys to continuously deliver. And I would say they are priced at that re- at that. Most of the players are priced right and they're priced at 7.5 or 7 because they're not going to match normally. But you don't need them to match them all the time. You just need them to match them when they have them. So, PJ, you said that you're going to deviate. So, out of the core that I just mentioned, which I saw mostly on Twitter, plus Rafinha or Asar or something like that, and then you've got Trent at the back. So, you, you said you've got Trent. What, what premiums do you have? Come on, t- 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 tell the listeners. Tell people who want to copy the PJ team. No one wants to copy my team, Mars. Um, no. It, it, <laughs> I'm trying to save the nation. <laughs> uh, I mean, it does depend on, on this, whether I go down the kind of two premium or three premium route. I mean, my, my defence is is a bit of a shit show because I want to play aggressive. Lynn certainly won't approve um, because I, I have two four million players. I'm going to have both Liveramento and Williams. I'm going to take a bit of a punt on. I like Norwich's fixtures and I think he's um, he's going to be a bit of an underrated asset. That's just my punt for the next kind of four or five weeks is that Brendan Williams is someone who's worth owning. Um, and then I, I'm going to be having Trent. But after that, I'm probably going to go back to Ben White and then one of the Wolves players, uh, one of the Wolves defenders, just purely playing the fixtures. Wolves, Arsenal, Norwich at the top of the fixtures from a defensive point of view over the next kind of six yeah. weeks. Um, I, I just, I think there's clean sheets in there. Um, so I would rather have that than kind of stick with the players who've performed well, who's fixed his turn in that. So, so no, no one's going to really own that back five, um, particularly given I think I'm sticking with Backman in goal, who no one owns to begin with anyway. But given he's finally decided to have to save a ball, fuck it, let's give him a few more games. Um, and then up, up front and in the striking positions, I mean, that's not, a lot of the names that you mentioned are the ones I'm playing with. I think what's different is that I almost certainly won't have Antonio still. Um, I'll be I'll be looking at one of Bamford or Rafinha, one of Jimenez or Traore, one of DCL um, or someone else. And what, these players are kind of relatively kind of kind of well owned, um, but they're not the kind of current kind of template that is a pretty kind of has been kind of... And not the combination, I... No, and it's not the combination. People and, have been Rahman Antonio. Yeah. yeah, and so a lot of people will own Greenwood and Fernandez. I will likely just own kind of Ronaldo. Jota is a really interesting one. I, if, if Firmino is confirmed out for a period, certainly this next kind of three or four week run of games, yeah. Jota's a fucking cheat code. You can't not have Absolutely. Jota... If, if that if that news has happened, so I'm waiting on that. But the thing is, there's a lot of still, I'm waiting on Lukaku. I'm waiting on Dominic yep. Calvert Lewin. Um, I want to see how those how those how those how those players are. But um, I definitely want to go kind of aggressive. Um, I've just not decided whether I go both Ronaldo and Lukaku. Yeah, that's the key decision that I've got left. Everything else kind of slots into space. But I am going to go, and I'm going to go Jimenez or Traore. I'm going to take a punt on. On Wolves, based on the yeah, XG, so Wolves are uh, the you know, Lynn, you're a big fan of X Lively XG, so uh, and you, you in fact own Traore. <laughs> I mocked you. How, how have you, how have you got on? How have you enjoyed his uh, 12 chances created and 25 shots so far? Well, actually, I quite enjoy just watching him because he's he's a madman, he just goes for it, and uh, I think that's a nice quality in a midfield player. So, yeah, I was a bit disappointed that he didn't score against United, but he could have, really could have. So, yeah, oh, he had I'm the feeling positive he's going to score yeah. too. So, obviously, Wolves is one of the teams that people are talking about the wild card. Wolves historically used to really annoy me because they perform against the big teams. And then when they come against the smaller teams, you go and and captain Jimenez and then he gets a two-pointer because they just either can't break the low block or I don't know what it is. They just don't deliver against the... The lower teams. Is that something you're concerned about, PJ, when you're looking at your thing? I know people are talking about them. Their defensive stats are there. It's clear. Their attacking stats are clear. You can see it. I think, I think Wolves, this is a completely different team. It's a completely different manager with a completely different formation. Yes, some of the moving parts are still the same um, from, from a player personnel, but this is a very different team. Will they be afforded as much space on the counter-attack? 
against the likes of Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, Villa. You know, fuck me, what a fixture run. Will they? Yes, Will they? I don't, um, <laughs> you know, we don't really know. Um, but they are, the way that they are creating chances... They have to go in at some stage, or they become the new Brighton. Well, exactly, exactly. And it's an interesting one because people like with Wolves, Wolves are one of those teams that start the season and say, wait and see. No one's going to buy them for Man United, Tottenham, Leicester. Let's wait wait and see how they perform, and then let's see what we do. What, 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 when people say wait and see, they were playing three of the best defences in the league. So, okay, yes, they missed a lot of chances. Um, But... What exactly were people kind of expecting for them to chip up and score two or three goals against those that caliber no, of opposition? I, th- I think, I think not... the way the wait and see is, I think the wait and see is, you know, like Jimenez for example, with his injury. I think he's he needs that goal. He, he needs can a see goal, that. and I think I think they're worth gambling on. And this this leads me just just, just into a, a kind of mini segue of a point that I wanted to raise about kind of. Uh, form form and fixtures. So um, if, if you yeah. just, just bear with me for a minute on this. So this is, Go for it. Um, Go for it. In terms of the players that have started the season well and the players that haven't started the season well, if we just strip out the premiums for a minute, so rather than less of the premiums, more the, more the big clubs, because we know the likes of Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, Man United, they're going to perform whatever, largely speaking, or they're fixture-proof. So I don't want to talk about them. I want to talk about the, the cheaper players of the smaller clubs who've started the season really well. Ben Rama, and Antonio at West Ham, DCL and Gray at Everton, Danny Ings at Villa, even Callum Wilson at Newcastle. These were the four teams of the, of the lesser teams with the best opening fixtures. So it's not really a surprise that their key assets have hit the ground running. Meanwhile, Leeds with a really tough start, Bamford and Rafinha haven't really done much. Wolves with a really tough start, Jimenez and Traore haven't really done much. Saints, Armstrong and Adams. Norwich, Timu Puki. Who the hell would have expected Norwich to score any goals in those first three opening fixtures? They were the hardest of anyone. Now, Norwich have Arsenal, basically a free hit, Watford, Everton, Burnley, Brighton, Palace next. You know, so what I find really interesting is that we're already at this kind of mini crossroads of do you continue to back, particularly if you're on a wildcard, this is my question to you, do you continue to back those players whose fixtures are quite clearly now turning, who have performed, or do you say they're going to carry that momentum on? Is 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 Danny Ings going to carry that momentum on in much harder fixtures? Are Ben Rama and Antonio probably the most key? Are they going to perform against Manchester United away at Leeds, away at Everton? Are they going to? Because if they're not, suddenly you're faced with these amazing differentials, all of which have dropped in price because price changes are so you know so combustible now. Um, suddenly you've got Jimenez, you know, probably be 7.3 by the time the game work kicks off, playing Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, Villa next. And so I think I think it's interesting. And again, I'm not saying which way which way you would do it, but I think if you are to wildcard, why why just then pick those players who have performed because they've had the best fixtures to begin with? You know? Yeah, so, I, I see so your I point. Think it's interesting. I see your point. Before I come in, Lynn, Lynn, what what do you think? Form versus fixture, what do you think about what PJ is saying? Would you jump on the fixture guys or would you stick with the form guys that are delivering so far? Well, I would always say a form or a fixture. Then again, you have to also, like, are they playing Chelsea? Are they playing Liverpool? Like, Well, Tottenham will probably have a really good defence this year as well. So it's a, you have to look at both, I would say. But if I had to pick, definitely form or a fixture. I, I, again, I... I, I kind of agree with you so PJ you touched on something I, I agree with you for example like we've seen we've waited and seen what Wolves have do what Leeds will do and we can see that you know Leeds have the chances Bamford got a couple but not that much you know Rafinha did okay in some of the games they still you know but if I look at Antonio who's doing really well he's in form he's got Southampton away United at home Leeds away Brentford at home not really the, not the toughest of runs I think um, apart from United, the defence that they're facing is not that scary. And even with United, I think United have got away with some of their defensive um, mistakes. But let's see how Varane continues to do well, or De Gea seems to have found his his old form. So I think, so you asked the question, let me answer it from my point of view, what I've been looking at, because I thought about the wildcard. I looked at my players and I thought, who do I want to sell and why? And to be honest, there, there wasn't many, many players... So Ings for me was one, for example. I picked him for the first three fixtures. He was always going. I picked Antonio and Ben Rahman and I said, OK, I'm going to see how well you do. And then I'll decide by that time 
there will be I saw the Wolves fixtures or the Leeds fixtures. Of course, after four, you know, I mean, Liverpool is a tough game, but Leeds can. We've seen Liverpool Leeds finish five three before, so you never know. But after that, they've got a nice run of fixtures, so you have the choice. Because they've delivered for me, I've decided to continue with Antonio. Now, Ben Rahma's position is is different because there's so many options, so you can always jump. Especially if there's, I agree with you. These are the guys that you move if if they slightly off form and there's a guy that is hot on form and he's got easy fixtures. That's where I would jump. Sometimes if they are on form versus a hot fixture form guy, if they are off form, it's easy to move on. The debate becomes then if they are on form versus a guy that is about to hit form. So, for example, DCL or Antonio for Jimenez. I would struggle right now to move either of these two for Jimenez because two are delivering with some good fixtures coming versus one that has the potential to deliver, but I haven't seen him do it yet. So I think that's where, if I was on wildcard, or I, I, I'd imagine that's what people are thinking about uh, and discussing. I think, um, I think you do want that combination. I certainly agree that Calvert-Lewin, if fit, does have that... Um have that combination of four-man fixture. He started the season really well. He's clearly the focal point of the Everton attack. They have Burnley, Villa and Norwich next. So Dominic Calvert-Lewin is not someone I'd advocate getting rid of to him. And that's just to be absolutely clear. I think Antonio is more of an interesting one because, okay, the Southampton fixture is, is a gimme. They've looked really poor. But after that, bearing in mind that Europa kicks in, so they are going right into the Thursday, Sunday with no other recognised striker on their books. Yeah, um, yeah. That does become uh, a lot, a lot more difficult. But I probably wouldn't say, unless you're on a wild card, get rid of Antonio before Southampton because they look, yeah. they look very bad. Just as a quick segue here, I'd like to bring Lynn in. Um, just a, someone um, opinion outside of the kind of biasness of the pod. Obviously, the Ben Rama bullet was started exclusively by this podcast and notably myself. Do you think that <laughs> now that it's got too many members on, specifically the members of Kylie Mooney and Frank Walsh, that that train is dead and we should all pile off immediately? Yeah, um, it could be. I've had them since game week one. Uh, maybe it's time to get off the train. Well, I just, I just think there's, there's too many people on it who don't have a good history with trains. <laughs> Is that it? So who are you going to be on then? Are you, are you going to join me on the Trauro tra- train? I think, I, well... Trauro and Ophelia. I'm not... I, I've I'm, seen people on Grey you know. from Everton. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm not currently on Twitter, but if, if I was, I'd have to quit again, I think, if I publicly said that I'm going to come off Ben Rama. But, um, so, you know, we, we, we shall see. We shall see. I thought he was... He's still involved. It's, oh, it's, it's annoying. You know, when you when you accidentally wildcard and then the most informed players have a really easy fixture next before a difficult fixture run. That's really annoying. So, yeah, I don't know what to do about it. Is annoying. It is annoying. It is annoying, but don't forget that a lot of these players that we've just t- talked about have gone abroad. I mean, Antonio was playing for Jamaica either today or yesterday. On a very, on a was... very, on a very hard pitch that was apparently an absolute right, war zone, right. apparently. Um, uh, yeah, Antonio well, well was, I so... mean, talking about war zones, Cater's game for Liverpool, I know it's not FPL related, but it, it could be for any other player, is stuck in a coop in a coop in, um, where is I, I can't remember which country in, in, in Africa he's in and they're trying to get him out because there was a coup you know he's away so it's um, some players will did either they, return uh, did late. they get him out? Uh, as far as I know he's in the hotel with <laughs> okay. his teammates and they are safe but they are not out yet and uh, last I read that he was uh, trying to get a private jet for him and his teammates uh, they're trying to get them out, but at the moment they can't get out. That is, so, um, it, that is obviously not ideal. And obviously the Argentinian guys, the, the two... The Tottenham, Argentinian, we, we, yeah. We talk about Tottenham having a good defence, but two of their three centre-backs are, uh, are are holed up in Argentina. Yeah, they didn't even get to play. And no. two of them have come back and they are training Croatia now, as agreed. So they can basically train and then str- straight away after quarantine come in rather than be in Argentina. So I don't know what the agreement was, but... Mon- Martinez and one of the other guys, I think it was the Villa guy, uh, Wendia, are back in Europe now, but they can't obviously come into the UK until they um, quarantine. It's it's, cra- it's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's what, what happened in the Copa America. Again, absolutely crazy. But this is what happens when you try and force games in a pandemic, when there's no clear rules. Right. 
think we touched a lot on wildcard and the new toys and the you know and everything. So I think we've we've had a good healthy discussion. I know we we're not going to give you a straight answer because it will always say the boring thing. It's your team, but hopefully we've helped you think about things that you know didn't didn't cross your mind. And uh, let's move on to the listener questions. So we we have a few, not not too many because people are focusing on their wildcard, but. Adrian at Adrian JP15. Can a wildcard team go without Trent Alexander Arnold? PJ, I know what you think, so we'll come back to you later. Lim, TAA, as a Liverpool fan, as a football fan, as an avid FBL player, what do you think? I think it would be extremely silly to not have him in your team. It's like PJ said, he's, he's a defender playing in a very attacking role, especially now since uh, Elliot is playing more. And yeah, he's a must-have, must-have for yeah. the whole season. What, what, what you notice, yeah, what you notice with uh, actually, there's a slight change in, in in tactics, and I've seen that they've been discussed on Twitter, and I noticed that when I was watching Liverpool, is Elliot goes out wide, TA comes in, becomes yeah, more comes... of an attacking midfielder or a creator, more from inside, and actually that's how he set Mane up, and that's how he been. He's the highest chance creating stats. He's he's number one. Not surprised. Yeah. Um, PJ, you touched on it. He's got he's got the set pieces, etc. I know it's a lot of money, but I th- I think for me madness, madness I'd... going with that. Lynn actually wrote a very informative thread highlighting that exact. Um, uh, you know, there we go. Kind of a yeah formation kind of change from Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, it, it was great that she managed to deviate from sending tweets about her multiple draft leagues just for an hour to give us that. But that was a really <laughs> good thread, and uh, did 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 highlight how important. Um, I just how vital Trent Alexander is. You know, I can't I can't make the point anymore. He's the first name on my FBL team sheet to go without is, in my opinion, insanity. I. I... I, I I get it. I mean, if you don't, so he's what seven point five, and you need a if you don't, you need a, a City and a Chelsea defender, who both will be what six point five and five point five uh, respectively. So you're spending a lot. I think having those three will be too much. So I think you need at least two of those three to, to just for. But I mean, you could go for the cheaper uh, Chelsea one where uh, Christensen at five. But now I believe Laporte again. Some news coming out that Laporte is following from uh, suffering from fatigue. I mean, mate, you're a professional footballer. It's been three games, but if that opens the door for Stones, he's even, he's a cheaper City defender, 5.5, with their fixtures coming up. So th- there's choices to be made. Uh, look, I, I don't think any player in the game is essential. I, I have some players because I love the way they play and what they mean for their team, and they can pop up anywhere, just like a Salah, for example. Um, but I do think uh, that I agree with you. Trent is a stat, is, is a machine creating stuff. Um, whether it's for Salah, Mane, Jota, etc., uh, and I think he will. I think he, yeah, he's, he's been playing great. So I, I, I will struggle to remove him, which is probably why I wouldn't activate my wildcard yet because um, he, he will stay. So uh, nuclear atoms at particle underscore impact. I was wondering since the opposition back lines get way too busy defending Lukaku, it leaves other attackers unmarked and leaves spaces for them. So can that make Mount and Havertz almost equally as great option as Lukaku? PJ, what do you think? I think one of the interesting things about all these kind of premium assets, as we've discussed before in the pod, is can we get their cheap? Can we get, can we get their points on on the cheap? Can Greenwood cover Fernandez? So far, he has done. Can Mount cover Lukaku? Can Jota cover Salah? These players exist. They are normally that price for a reason. Mount, I have to say, I think has the best chance of doing so out of all of them because he's the most um, rotation proof, I think, out of um, certainly Greenwood Jota that we've already mentioned. And, you know, it's not even, let's not even touch upon the likes of, you know, getting the likes of Bergwin and Lucas Mora, um, uh, as Dave would have us believe, to try and cover Son or Kane. So I, I think Mason Mount is underpriced. Um, he's on a lot of set pieces. He, he, he tends to start. 80 to 90% of the matches in a way that those other attackers like Pulisic, Werner, Ziyech will, will probably only start kind of half of them. Um, I, I still want to see a little bit more. I, I still want to see the next four games and how how Chelsea line up around the European fixtures. So most of the big teams now have seven, seven games um, between these two international breaks. They have two European games and they have um, they have a... Uh, sorry, so eight games. They have two European games and two Carling, uh, Carling or League Cup games as well as the league. So I'll, I'll be interested to see whether the likes of Mount starts League, UCL, League 
if he does then that gives me enough information to think yeah that price he is definitely someone i'd i'd, I'd want in my team so um yeah very much one to keep one to keep an eye on and in fact mount if lukaku you've got is, time with chelsea yeah if lukaku is a bit of a doubt mount is definitely someone i'm i'm considering um because i i don't think um uh you know Chelsea need Lukaku to beat Aston Villa, the form they're currently in, and without Martinez, uh, I think you know Mount Werner and Havertz up front could could easily tear them apart. Still, so yeah. Lynn, what do you think? Um, apart from Lukaku, are you interested in any of the Chelsea assets? Apart from so Mount, let's say PJ mentioned Mount, are you, do you have any interest in their attackers? We know their defense is good, but any interest in that attack yeah. apart from Lukaku? Yeah, it's, it's same. Uh, Mount seems to. The best pick because I don't think Prozic is back now. I think, but still, we don't know how much game time he'll gonna get. And uh, go for the safest option, go for Mount. Yeah, Pulisic is one of these annoying ones because you never know when he plays, but when he does, he sometimes scores a brace <laughs> and he looks really lively, and then and then he disappears. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Mount, Mount is. Uh, I mean, I love the guy. He's just. Uh, it's funny because people thought he only plays because he's a Chelsea boy, then he only plays because he's a Lampard boy. Well, now he's in Tuchel's team and, and did really well. So there you go. Maybe he's just a good player and we need to stop that in them because they're English sometimes. Um, Fox in the Box at James Fox UK. It feels like players' price are rising and probably falling more quickly than previous years. Are they fluctuating more or is it this just because I've been spending more time on Twitter? I think, James, maybe you have been spending a bit more time on Twitter. It's interesting because I, I think that the hot players have double risen like Antonio, Ben Rahma, but the others, I, I, I haven't seen much price changes. It's, it's actually, I think it's quite slow. PJ, you've obviously been following it you, because of your wildcard issue or you've been looking at it. Have you seen a lot of fluctuation? Because I haven't. We, uh, I think we have no fucking idea what is going on with price changes. We will never know. Um, it's a complete unknown. I think, I think it's mirroring what we saw last season, to be honest, whereby players, most players, not all, but most players are slow to rise, but very quick to fall. So if you look at the price changes, um, you know, kind of website, most days now you'll see one or two rises and like seven or eight kind of fallers. Um, and on like deadline day, you'll see like six or seven rises and like 25 <laughs> fallers. So I, I just, I, I have no, I tried to, I was looking at it today with Lucy at work and uh, over lunch, I was just like, just trying to explain why someone like, Shaw has lost like 10%, so actually 20% because of his entire owners, yet hasn't even doesn't even come close to a price for drop. Um, yet the likes of Liveramento, just like owners kind of like went up very slowly, so and then got a price rise. And why does Simicus has got a price drop despite losing about fucking 80 people from when he had a price rise? It's just weird. It's just very, very weird. I, I have no idea. <laughs> we would what's never going understand on. it. I don't. I don't think it's any different it. from last season, personally. Um, I think it's part of the parcel of the game that you just have to accept now that players will fluctuate kind of quite rapidly, and players who fall will rise again very quickly as soon as they start to kind of, you know. Yeah, there's form. always a surprise, but there's always a surprise. But you naturally can read it. The players that are delivering really well, they will rise. Uh, uh, players like Simikas, who obviously risen twice, but then you would lose a point one because people have dropped him because Robertson is back. I would not be surprised, by the way, if Simikas starts on uh, on Sunday with Robertson playing three games in a, in a row for Scotland. You never I, I, know. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm, I'm likely uh, if pending on Firmino's injury. If Firmino is only a little bit of a knock, I'll be keeping. Um, I'll be keeping Simicus in the team because I, I honestly think he will play more this season. Um, and I think he's a good yeah. option to have around, particularly coming over to the winter break and sort of stuff. However, if Firmino is out longer term, as we said, Jota yeah. becomes so, such yeah. a must that, yeah, you know, we lose that. But I think he's a good option to have, um, to have uh, you know, kind of last up on the bench. The issue with him is more the third Liverpool spot than it is his own um, you know, yeah. kind of value as a four million asset. Cool. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna come to you both now with quick fire answers. So Rudwan Safia uh, at Wani underscore Safs uh, asks Salah to Jota question mark Lin Salah to Jota no no, no. agree Salah is um, the one to have yeah 
Um, well, we've so he says the A out or no, we discussed no. Um, PJ, Lukaku or Ronaldo or just one with Antonio? Just one with Antonio, and I would probably favour Ronaldo just, but it's a really close call. There we go. The Ronaldo show in the Theatre of Dreams, Saturday, 11th of September, 3 o'clock. Uh, Benny Blanco, at Benny underscore Blanco, 40, or should be 42 now, as we know. Jota or Torres? Who do you prefer for a Bruno downgrade for a short-term punt? Lynn, Jota or Torres? Uh, Jota, mainly because of Firmino's injury, but also because Pod and KDB are probably back sitting on the bench next game. So we'll be back. Pepperitation, pepperlet, yay! I, I don't think, just to interject though, whilst I probably agree, particularly obviously if Firmino is Jota is to go to, I don't think um, Foden or KDB affect Torres. I think um, I think Sterling is Torres's main um, kind of competition now for that number nine role. I don't think he'll play anyone else there. I think uh, I think Foden will will compete with Grealish down that left hand side, um, and, and KDB um, will will compete obviously with Gondouan and Bernardo Silva in the middle. I think it's. I think I think it's Torres and, and Sterling will be kind of rotated in there. So I don't think too much has changed for for Fernando Torres. I, I think he's a I think he's an amazing option at just kind of seven million. I, I have to say, but he, he's not the thing with Pep's players. They are not players who I think most of us can just kind of dip in and out of and kind of expect returns. You're going to get frustrated. I think Torres is priced so kindly and playing so advanced. He's so good. He's so young. He's only going to get better. They haven't signed a striker. I think Torres is a set and forget as long as you've got someone on the bench where you know they can come in on those kind of every third game when he's not going to play, basically. Yeah, and it's Ferran Torres, not Fernando Torres, the ex-Liverpool striker. Just, just to uh... <laughs> <laughs> if only, if only seven million and, uh, for Fernando Torres. Well, maybe when he was at Chelsea, but yeah. <laughs> uh, last question from uh, the main man, natural man Candy Cabbage at Natural Man CC. One question I need help with: How many points will, um, in uh, inverted commas, muted word, have to score to compensate for having to somewhat enjoy the pompous? Twat's constant shaping and white pop goal celebration. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, the what? <laughs> I think he's referring to Ronaldo. Well, um... <laughs> how many points should he? Is he get? For, is it enough for us to deal with his stupid celebrations, basically, and self-love? We move on to the next section, which is captains and transfers. But we pretty much touch on all our transfers. PJ is on wild card. Lynn is taking a minus four. Fernandez and Ings for Bruno and I think Torres or Jota. And I'm most likely at the moment it's Ings to for Ronaldo unless we hear something and it becomes Ings to Lukaku. So captains. Let's let's quickly talk about captains. Lynn, is Ronaldo going to be your captain? Uh, yeah, if I'm bringing him for a minus four, he will definitely be my captain. Yeah, makes sense. PJ on your wild card, who's going to be your captain? Uh, Ronaldo or Lukaku? I think if I go down the route of both, it seems a strange one because I slightly favour Lukaku, I favour Ronaldo. But if I do get both, I think I'll actually end up captaining Lukaku, um, just because I actually think his ceiling is higher. But I am going to need confirmation that he is fully, fully fit. We, you know, we don't always do that well at home against, you know, these kind of teams which sit very, very deep, play five at the back. I'd be surprised if we won four or five nil. I think there's more chance of Chelsea winning four or five nil, which is why I would slightly favour Lukaku over the captaincy. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I mean, at the moment, it, it, at the moment, it's actually on Fernandez for me, but uh, probably be Ronaldo if I bring him in. Uh, I know Salah is a great option, but Leeds away, I think it's tougher than Newcastle at home. It's, it's just I, I, I'm just going to play it really simple, to be honest. If it were, if I had Lukaku, I probably would also captain. Him, um, or it would be a tougher decision between the two. So I think that's all we have time for today. I have been Mars at Mars05. He's been PJ. He's not on Twitter at the moment, but hopefully he'll be back. That's that Hindu monkey. Um, we've got our missing Amiga at Kali FPL and our standing Amiga, Lynn at Lynn underscore FPL. Please make sure you follow our account at Free Amigos FPL. Like, and rate the podcast if you like what we do. It's the only way we ask you to help us. Good luck if you're on your wildcard. Good luck with your transfers. 
stop be scared about hits early on and let's make football fun again and enjoy it. Stay safe and adios amigos.